Welcome back to Sunday Groove, episode 40. If this is your first time listening, my name is David Sunday. This is actually a Happy New Year's episode. Um, We'll be coming out early in 2022. I have my friend and frequent guest Andy Helene here with me. How are you doing, man? Uh, Man, I'm great. I'm um, Well, as of right now, we're about to ring in the new year. And so Mm -hmm. it's posted. It will be the new year. So I'm kind of excited for that. Oh, for sure. Um. 2021 has been a interesting year for a lot of reasons that we will not go into, but it's just kind of um, been a year that thankfully we have music because music is so many things to me between just it can be therapy for me. It can be just something silly for me to dance to and sing along with, or it can, I don't know, just be an intellectual thing that I just like decipher lyrics and you know get into that kind of stuff it's just it's just such an important part of life it always has been for me but i think during crappy times like it becomes even more important to me thank you for listening and pressing play today so we have an episode obviously a topic we're going to get to but as we always start with i've got just a little bit of um things i've been currently obsessed with uh that i call current spins um do you have any current spins andy um, I feel like my list uh, is kind of the best of the current spins, so okay. I'll divulge all that later. Sounds good. Let's see. Um, I just had a few that I wanted to throw some love to that <clears throat> are not on my list, but um, are stuff that I got obsessed with this year. First of which is one Andy threw out some love to on his uh, 2021 album's Countdown on A-Sides, oh, wow. and that is evanescence the bitter truth um that is easily my favorite evanescence album in years um like i've liked songs from them from their later albums i remember being really into the debut album when it came out but like they're a band i don't think about a whole lot and so when i realized i had a new album coming out this year i did not expect much from it but it is really good like it is a really strong album lyrically musically and everything like i just i love how they mix you know just the evanescent style but bring in some modern aspects but they mix it and do it so well um like for me i'm a drummer so like it's got really pounding drums on a lot of the tracks and of course i dig that um but it's also as andy pointed out in a-sides it's got some very personal lyrics it sounds like from things from her personal life and so it's a really strong album if you haven't given it a chance check it out um probably two of the most standout tracks um it's gonna be yeah right and then also use my voice both are extremely powerful and uh i don't see how you could listen to either one of them and not get them stuck in your head 
Um, I feel exactly the same as you, um, especially with like just the album in general. Like uh, they weren't really on my radar for like the longest time. And then I saw that they were putting out a new album because Apple Music that I have, it's like, hey, here's something that was coming up or something that was new, I think. And I saw uh, that they had a new song out and then they put out almost, I think, half the album in advance and like everything uh, that they put out. I liked it. And I'm like, all right, I'm buying this. Nice. So you put me there because I, um, I typically listen to every single as they come out. With this one, I think I heard what was the first one? Was yeah, right, the first one they put out from this one, or was it something else? Ah, uh, man, I don't even remember. And I think actually, I take that back. Like I wanted to buy it right when it came out, but I didn't. I think I bought it later in the summer. Uh, but um, it might have been yeah, right. I think yeah, right. Use my voice. Uh, man, there was like, yeah, there was like five, like out of the 12 songs, I think, ad, like release in advance. Okay. Yeah. See, typically what I was, um, hinting at is I typically listen to all the singles as they come out. And sometimes when I get the album, you know, it's already blown a lot of the intrigue because I've already heard so many of them, but this was what luckily one time that I heard one track i don't remember which one it was might have actually been used my voice because i'm looking at the singles it said wasted on you the game is over then use my voice and then better without you so i don't know why they didn't do yeah right as a single that would have been a hmm. smart move um but anyway but yeah i heard one of the tracks and i don't i probably listened to it honestly after andy talked about it. i think you t- talked about it several months back and that was when I checked it out the first time, but I got back into it the last maybe month or so. Yeah, because so the it's... one thing, too, that they – I debated having this one to talk about on this episode, but I guess I'll just do it anyways because it kind of relates to Evanescence because it is an Evanescence album. <laughs> but right. uh, back in the summer on a record store day, they released uh, the self-titled album from um, 2011 – and that's the one that kind of got me into Evanescence because I was never really into the first like two albums. But then that one really uh, hooked me in the song like Oceans on there. And it like, really stands out right now uh, to mind. But uh, that one was re-released in the summer. So I think that that's when I bought that. And that's when I was like, all right, I bought this one. Now I'll go get uh, The Bitter Truth. So it was kind of like a year of evanescence to me. Nice. Yeah. When that 2011 album came out, there was one track and I don't remember which one it was that I kept hearing on the radio that I really dug. Um, and then I don't know if I ever listened to the whole thing. Um, as I think at that point, I was not really thinking about evanescence a whole lot. It was just one of those things that I would hear periodically on the radio and, would be like that's really good but like for whatever reason i never went and bought the album um yeah the one i just pulled it up right now and uh the one i think that was a single was what you want or something and i thought she kind of had some really good uh, vocals like singing on that but then yeah there's stuff like uh made of stone the change and then yeah like i said oceans are like standout tracks for me. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, so also tying into not necessarily this album, but this band, um, Evanescence just released recently the single Across the Universe, uh, their cover. Oh, yeah. And that is so good. I, I've listened to that probably like 20 or so times. Like I really, it came at a perfect time when I had um, watched, uh, I'm blanking on the name of it. Oh, Let It Be. Uh, or no, that wasn't the name of it, but on Disney Plus, the uh, Get Back. Uh, that was it. Um, and so I was just obsessed with Beatles and listening to the Beatles nonstop. And so it was cool. That might be why she released it when she did, but that was really cool to get re-obsessed with that song and then get obsessed with her version. Yeah, because I was kind of like, where did this song come from? Like, And then uh, I guess The Bitter Truth, they had a special online web store, I think, where if you bought it, you got like that song, The Across the Universe, and then some other ones. And I think now they're releasing it for everybody. Yeah, I think I've read somewhere that she actually recorded it when they recorded their album Synthesis. Oh, okay. but it didn't come out. I guess they sat on it for a while. I don't really know why, but um, around that time period, I think is what she said was when they recorded that. They even released something earlier this year, or maybe it was last year, because some of the pandemic like runs together. But they released a Fleetwood Mac cover of the Chain. So I oh, think that that's, that's when cool. Evanescence actually came back on my radar was that cover. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then then because I think I'm listening to them, then that's how, because uh, I listen to that cover, I think that's how Apple Music with their whole algorithm was like, hey, Evanescence has uh, these songs from their new album, um, The Bitter Truth. So that's what put it on my radar. Nice. Okay, yeah, it says The Chain was on the gears of war five soundtrack so that's where that when that happened i'm gonna save that to my list so to listen to that later because i love that song all right so there was something else that was new-ish or at least new to me i was trying to pull up um oh if you somehow missed it and i don't know if you can find it uh probably not the entirety of the show but you can probably find certain tracks. Um, check out Metallica's 40th anniversary shows. Like you'll probably find certain songs on YouTube still, um, but they're they finally covered Fixer from um, the, uh, from Reload, and that was so cool to hear a live version of Fixer, because um, that has always been one of my favorite songs from that album. And 24 years later, they finally played it live. <laughs> Like I'm laughing right now, not because of that, but because, uh, like I really like that song too, uh, from uh, Metallica. And then, um, do you remember uh, the movie uh, Through the Never? Mm-hmm. At the beginning, they're kind of showing the outside of the arena, and there's a guy like on the hood of a car or whatever, and he's like Metallica. Like I'm like that. Like I'm amped up like that. I was like, Fixer was in the set list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I woke up the morning after um, the first uh, concert. It was a two-concert series. And uh, when I saw Fixer on there, I'm like, okay, I'm watching that whole thing. And so I did. I watched the entire first night, like the next day. And then um, I think I watched – yeah, I watched all of the second show except for like the last few minutes because I didn't really care about hearing Seek and Destroy again because I've heard that <laughs> a million times. And it's off of Kill em All, which I'm not a big fan of. So um, – 
but yeah, it's really cool. I, I like I say, if you find those set lists and then YouTube any of those, that uh, you probably can find them. They're very much worth your while um, if you're a Metallica fan, especially from well from any era because they played a song from every album. Heck, they even on the second night played uh, just "I Disappear" from Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack. So it was really cool that they were doing some deeper cuts. Yeah. So they have been doing a lot of like really cool sets lately because I think weren't they, uh, they're, they didn't really tour so much lately, but they played those festivals where they did two nights. And I think one night was like a mix of songs. And then the second night was like the black album or something, but they seemed like they were always changing it up. So it was cool that they did that. Nice. Yeah, it's 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 about time because like I love Metallica and they will switch up and play some unique stuff at shows, but like there's like at least ten that like they it seems like they feel they have to play at every concert. I'm like, okay, that's you know, that's half your set list because your songs are so long that you're probably gonna pay play like eighteen to twenty songs at the most. Um, because they're only gonna play for two hours. And so, like, if you always feel like you have to play Inner Sandman and some of these others, it's like you're filling up your set list with songs, and then it's hard to, you know, interchange too many others. So, like, I don't know. Um, I think it's good to change it up. Like, it gets to me, it gets boring. Like, I could, I could go the rest of my life and never hear Inner Sandman again, and I'd be happy. Like, it's a good <laughs> song, it really is. But my God, by now, I've probably heard it hundreds of times, and. I mean, it was a good song to hook people, but I don't need to hear it ever again. Um, <laughs> like, I just don't. Like, it's one of those songs that, like, was so run into the ground, and it's still a good song. I st- still technically, I guess, could say I like it, but I just don't want to hear it, if that makes any sense. Maybe it doesn't, but whatever. Um, it does. <laughs> you you appreciate uh, the song, I guess, but you're like, eh, it's not, if I'm going to Metallica, it's not the first uh, choice or even the 10th choice. Right. Yeah. It's one of those things like, I, I, it, I know it was such an important song for them and I definitely appreciate that for them because without that song, I don't think they'd be as big as they are today. Actually, I'm pretty certain they wouldn't be, but like, yeah, it's just, I'm not going to choose that one. Just is like so many bands, like their biggest hits. I don't want to, don't want to hear. Um, but it's well, like journey not, and like, don't stop believing. Whatever. Oh my like, God. Eh, yes. I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah, I, I could go without that one for sure. Well, to not overly stretch out this first part of this show, I'll go ahead and move on to the topic. Andy, you might be better explaining this than I am. I'm can't remember exactly what we titled this. What, what did we title this? Um, like just albums we discovered in 2021. Was that, Kind of what we. I think that was like the uh, the genesis, maybe, uh, if that's the right word for it, or the initial idea was maybe it was like five things that really grabbed us this year, but weren't re- but weren't necessarily like new um, releases. Right. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. Yeah, it's. Um... 
Uh, so I titled it as a note. I made a note in my phone, and that's where my notes were. And I just put five things I loved in 2021. And then they actually kind of relate to my year as well. Nice. Yeah, so um, I think all of mine from my list will also not be albums that came out this year, but they're either albums I discovered this year or um, really got into this year, maybe for the first time. Um, so, Andy, what is the first one that you'd like to start with? Uh, I'm just going to go down the list, and this one is one that relates to you kind of in a way. Uh, well, it does, not in a way, but... Um, the first album that I've chosen to uh, speak on is Fuel's Puppet Strings. Nice. And that's one that I guess, like, I saw him on this tour. I have a set list and stuff. And it was like, I hadn't listened to Fuel in a long time. And then this summer, you had sent me a text that you were listening to. Man, I can't think of the uh, name of the album now. Something Like Human. Is that the album name? It had Innocent and Bad Day, you know, the huge... Yeah, yeah. Huge. When you were listening to that, so it kind of uh, sparked me uh, or kickstarted me to listen to Fuel. And then I guess for whatever reason, I never listened to Puppet Strings at all, even though I saw them on that tour. Like, I never listened to that album. So this uh, summer was the first time I actually listened to that album, and I love it. Yeah, after you talked about it, because uh, like, yeah, this summer I was talking a lot about something like Human and even their debut mainstream album, Sunburn, uh, that had Bittersweet, Shimmer, Jesus Wore a Gun, all on there. Um, but I, too, I had never listened to Puppet Strings. Like, I um, loved the two albums I just mentioned and then um, was not a fan of their third main album. And so I just never listened to any of their other stuff. Yeah, see, I was a fan of that uh, third one because it had Quarter on it and it had the song uh, from um, the Daredevil movie. What was it? The album was Natural Selection. Yeah, it starts off with Quarter and I think Million Miles was a single. Or maybe it was Falls on Me. Um, Either way, yeah, it had some good stuff on it. And so, Yeah, the Won't Back Down is the one from Daredevil. Um, yeah, so I'd listened to those uh, first three like years ago, and then I guess they were just off my radar for whatever reason until this summer when um, you put them back. So, right. Well, nice. Yeah, so, so thank what, you. Well, you're welcome. So what songs off of Puppet Strings grab you the most? Uh, I Wander and Hey Mama and... Uh, I guess Cold Summer, too. Those are the first mm -hmm. uh, three that really uh, stand out. And Hey Mama, like it's it's like Southern Rocky, and it doesn't sound like it could be on any of their albums other than this one. It just really fits that. It's got a good kind of groove to it. Yeah, and I don't know where are they from, but it just felt bizarre to get that from them because – I've, they've never had a southern rock vibe ever in their albums so um originally i wouldn't think that would be such a cool thing but it really is i think it's kind of a different album too uh, well it didn't have uh what that carl bell who's like like the drummer and songwriter and stuff but uh the a natural selection and some 
than like human. They kind of had that kind of production of the early 2000s. And this one, it's he wasn't a part of it. And they kind of stripped uh, that kind of away. So it's more of like just a guitar album, I think. Yeah, Carl Bell was the, was the guitarist and the one of the main songwriters from the band. But yeah, this was the first one without him. And um, I guess that's where a lot of this new style came from. Yeah, like, um, okay, I guess I said Carl Bell was the drummer, but I guess it was like, yeah, there's whoever the drummer is. Those are like the two guys that were in there then and are back now, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're from Pennsylvania. I was like, I'm pretty certain they're not from the South, so <laughs> I just never expect to hear um, Southern rock from bands that aren't. But I say that, but even Elton John did some Southern rock-style songs, and he's freaking British. So, <laughs> you know, um, anybody can appreciate it and do it. I know it's just kind of bizarre. Yeah, what was that? What was Elton John one? Was it like Tumbleweed Connection or something? Well, that was... Kind of that was definitely that. one of them, but like he had a whole album. Um, let's see, what was that album? Uh, Honky Chateau. Yes, yes. Uh, that was one of them for sure. Uh, it's such a bizarre name for an album for a yeah. British guy, but um, incredibly yeah, because Chateau good. seems all fancy, and then Honky sounds really so. It's like almost what's that like an oxymoron or something? Mm hmm. Oh, well, actually, he did a few that were Southern. But yeah, Tomoe Connection is the name of the, his third album. That's kind of got some Southern style, but also Honky Chateau, I think, did as well. So he just really appreciated it. Yeah. All good stuff. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, I remember uh, after you mentioned how much you like Puppet Strings, I gave it a several listens this summer. Um, any ones that stand out? Uh, for you from that one since you jumped into it too yeah um i actually liked soul to preach to a good bit um of course wander cold summer hey mama let's see even now uh, that oh. no go ahead i was gonna say i th i think i even read that uh cold summer was like an older song that they just never used for whatever reason interesting excuse me yeah, I think I think um, Soul to Preach to is probably the only other one that we haven't mentioned or that you didn't mention that I really dig. But I went through it a lot and probably will go back to it after talking about it today because now it's in my mind. I think it's a really strong album and it sounds good, except there's one at the end, um, a Headache. It doesn't really do anything for me because he just keeps going Headache, Heartache, Headache. Heartache, and it just seems really, really repetitive. I know rock songs are repetitive, kind of by nature too, because you got the chorus, and you keep repeating it. But it just kind of, it seems more monotonous than other instances of that. So it could be a lot like uh, Foo Fighters, which everybody knows I love, but a race for place. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> literally the chorus is just yelling a race for place, a race for place. Um, it's just like, could you not come up with more? Like, is that it? Like, how is that the final draft? Like, I, I just don't get it. Um, but, well, I have one that, thanks to a podcast this year, I checked this artist out. Like, I'd heard of her and knew who she was. And based on commercials and other stuff, like, I know I'd heard some of her music, but I just never sought her out. 
but I listened to her on a podcast this summer talk about some of her stuff. And it was really actually it ties back into what we just talked about a tiny bit was um, during the podcast. They were talking about she did a really good cover of an Elton John song. Hmm. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. And so I'm like, well, I freaking love Elton John. And I, that's a great song. I've got to hear this cover. Well, and the other thing about the cover was pretty cool. She said she had been around Elton John a few times and he told her he loved her cover of that. I'm like, well, if Elton John appreciates your cover, it's got to be good. Um, like <laughs> I don't imagine he would say that if he didn't mean it to somebody like, I'm, I mean, you think about how many songs he has and 50 years of music, he's had a ton of people cover his stuff. So, um, anyway, um, I struggle with how to say her name, but I think I'm going to say it right. Is uh, Sarah Borales. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I listened to her, um, live album because I had goodbye Yellowbrook road and, just really enjoyed that album. Um, it's really soothing, but also just a beautiful piano album. Because the cool thing about the live album, let me pull up the official name, it's um, Brave Enough, live at the Variety Playhouse. It is just her on piano and singing. Like There's not any other musicians. Um, and it still holds my attention because it's just that well played. And... Um, she puts a lot of energy into it and just has an incredible voice. But she actually opens a song or opens the album with Love on the Rocks, and then she blends it into Benny and the Jets, of oh, course, another neat. Elton John uh, song. So it's just really, really good. Made me really appreciate her as a songwriter, singer, uh, and piano player. Um, so, yeah, that was a really cool discovery that I just keep going back to it this year when I'm in a mood for something more mellow. Um, oh, she even covered um, Sitting on the Dock at the Bay. That was really good. Um, I think that's it for the covers. Uh, but um, I had heard her song Brave, but I didn't know it was her. Like, I didn't have a clue who it was. It was just one of those songs that like I say, played in commercials. Um, and, but that's really good, especially just stripped back just to hear it on piano and her vocals. So it's really cool. Um, and then she has a really good song that's older, uh, Gravity. It's really good. Um, so it's just a, um, I'm sure the album versions are great, but for me, what grabbed me was this live version. So, if you want to check her out, definitely do it. Like I said, it's Brave Enough live at the Variety Playhouse. Um, I think it's a good introduction to to her music and definitely her covers. I think covers are kind of a good way to get introduced uh, to artists too because um, it just seems like it's kind of like a gateway to um, just diving into them. Right, because like I'd always um, – what little bit I did know of her – I just, and this is, well, I guess at the time it was, man, as a, uh, as a criticism, but it really isn't. As I get older, thank God, I don't care what people think about my music choices and everything. But like, I just kind of labeled her a pop star. And so I had no interest. And that's so stupid and ignorant of me to think that just because somebody's a pop artist, I can't like them. I mean, who the hell cares? Um, just because I'm gravitate the most to rock doesn't mean I can't like pop musicians. Um, so like, I just never listened to her. Um, even though I'd hear a lot of praise from her, 
Um, and it also goes back to like, I don't know, for whatever reason, for years, it's like I just didn't listen to female artists. I, list, I mean, like, but on occasion. And that's so stupid. It's like, why does it matter whether it's a man or a woman? If it's good music, it's good music. So it wasn't like I was anti-women or, you know, <laughs> anti-feminism or anything like that. It was just, I don't know, I just never gravitated towards female singers much. I don't think it, I don't think it was even like a conscious choice. I'm sure it wasn't. But anyway, so hearing about the covers, maybe you check it out. And yeah, now it's on regular rotation in my um, music listening. So I have oh, to, cool. yeah, I just have to throw out love to that. So yeah, if you if you've ever, ever been on the fence about whether you should check her music out, this is like I say, a good place to start. Um, I had heard of her, and I'd heard a few of the radio uh, songs from like maybe like 12 years ago or something, but um, I never really dove any further. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to have to do that. Yeah, definitely do. Um, I mean, you'll definitely be more in that pop kind of mood, but, um, but it's, yeah, it's great stuff. It was the weirdest place to discover a musician. It was on Justin Long, the actor, uh, the actor, not actress. Um, He has a podcast called life is short and he interviewed her because she had a, um, a show that came out this year on Peacock. Um, uh, I think it's called Girls Five Eva about a fictional um, <laughs> uh, female acapella group. And um, so she was on there to promote that, but they of course talked about her music. And so that's what, what grabbed me. Uh, and yeah, she actually, that was in college. She did acapella music. That was kind of her thing until she became a more confident piano player. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it's kind of funny to get into music based on a, um, uh, more of an actor podcast, but, um, I was glad to listen to the episode. So what do you have next, Andy? This is one that I've talked about quite a bit already. We talked about it. I talked about it on my own podcast and it's the Foo Fighters, um, uh, medicine at midnight. Uh, it just seems like it's something that I frequently go back to because it's like a quick listen. It's super upbeat, except for like uh, chasing birds. Everything is really up and like, you know, fast and like poppy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm at work and like maybe I'm feeling like, oh, man, I need something to kind of keep me going. because I still got like five hours left. And I got to ship all this stuff because I work in a shipping department. That's just something that I can listen to and not really think about. Uh, but it's just so up that you're kind of going with the uh, flow of it. It would be like a good workout album too, I guess. Mm-hmm. Does it get you dancing at all with it? It doesn't get me really uh, full on dancing. Uh, Cause I'm like at a desk or a ship station, but like my arms are moving, moving packages. So I'm kind of like, maybe, maybe kind of doing a little, uh, little moves while I'm moving the packages around. Well, I was just kind of imagining, not to make this sound creepy or anything, but like the uh, George Michael's hip thing from Faith. Um, uh, <laughs> I just imagine you're like putting packages on a relay belt or something like that, doing that. That'd be pretty funny. That should actually be the music video <laughs> rather than, you know, uh, people uh, doing synchronized uh, swimming. <laughs> Oh my god! Like, Synchronized shipping. Yes, that'd be cool. Yeah, like the mailroom in Elf, but have Foo Fighters or something. <laughs> yes. Um, 
Yeah, that is, I, I had not watched that video until you said something about how creepy it was. And my God, like, I I don't know how it passed by so many people because I'm sure it was several people that had to make sign off on that decision. But that was so stupid. Yeah. Oh, that's the Love Dies Young music video. Yeah. If you haven't watched it. Don't. Um, yeah, yeah. You're not missing anything. Like, I, if it had just, like, I was really excited about it because it had Jason Sudeikis in it, and I like him a lot. Um, but, like, if it had just been him doing silly things and then, like, the Foo Fighters just being themselves, that had been cool. But yeah. deciding to um, have all this, um, you know, actual synchronized swimmers and then, like, use computer stuff to make them the Foo Fighters, it is just so creepy and weird and just jarring yeah it's like a face swap nightmare like ugh. Mm-hmm. yeah ugh, it's not like, even well done and with their kind of money you know they had the money that if they really wanted that they could have made it look good but nope they didn't <laughs> but i agree with you that's such a fun album i've listened to it uh, a ridiculous amount this year and yeah it's um one you don't have to think about and it's mostly positive and so it's it is a great album for sure and a fun one and then even um i think i mentioned it before too but they came out with that uh dg's uh, yes. kind of jokey side project well they have five uh, that they recorded live in the studio from this album and i kind of i've kind of been gravitating to those versions more than the actual album versions yeah, it it captures the energy better um, of the songs um, and strips back some of the extra layers of production that um, and so made it more into a rock album than a pop album um, in a way. Um, yeah, I, I was glad you pointed that out to me because like I'd heard one or two of their Bee Gees covers. And I'm like, oh, this is okay, but I'd rather hear the Bee Gees do it. And so I'd never listened to the last half of it, and then you pointed that out to me and i was like oh i'll check it out and yeah i I really dig their um those versions yeah i think it was making a fire shame shame uh waiting on a war uh no son of mine and cloud spotter (laughs) cloud spotter um i just had to work that in (laughs) of course i will never not find it funny just to have spoken word cloud spotter in the background like i (laughs) It doesn't make sense, but I'm good with it. <laughs> I'll just have to edit that into the podcast or whatever randomly. <laughs> cloud spot, oh, cloud spot, like an echo. <laughs> yeah, that's how we should just start recording. Is having like vocal effects the whole time. Um, we could have me a Scott Wallen effect, like the megaphone thing. Yeah, people wouldn't get at all annoyed with that for a whole podcast. <laughs> or just auto tune us. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that'd be worse. <laughs> um, well, I have an album on here that I'll just be completely transparent here. I am a very stubborn person. And so like when things come out and like for whatever reason, something rubs me wrong about it, I might go years without checking something out just because I didn't like the people that recommended it or I didn't like the people that were always talking about them or maybe I just thought it sounded too poppy. I don't know. But like, um, I did. Expectations are too high. Maybe like, are you saying that? No, not in this case. I mean, definitely in some cases it can be that way. But the album 
that I'm about to mention is one that I did have friends that I respect their opinions talked about it, but because I've been rubbed wrong by this band in some capacity, um, I didn't give it a real listen until this past year, I think this summer, but that is going to be the killers. Samstown. Oh, wow. Yeah. When that album came out, when we were young was everywhere. And for whatever reason, I think it was something to do with their first album that I just was like, I don't like this band. And I think there were a lot of people that loved that band that I really despised those people. And obviously, I'm not talking about my buddy Greg or my friend Holly that were big into them. But like there were a lot of people that I don't know, they're just kind of like the artsy fartsy, annoying people that like, I don't know, are kind of pretentious. At least the ones in my life were that way. Um, And so like I just... And because that song was so overplayed, I was like, screw this. I don't want to hear this band. And so, like, I just would not give it a chance. Like, I remember Greg and Holly made a comp- compilation CD, like two of them for me, uh, for graduating from college. And, like, most of the music was stuff I liked, but then they mixed in a few songs. And I would just skip past them. Like, I don't want to hear The Killers. Screw <laughs> this. And so, like, I, for all these years, I didn't check it out. And then for whatever reason, this summer... Uh, oh, I know what reason. There was a show on Netflix where they um, talk about how they wrote like their biggest hit song. And I'd watched most of the episodes, and it came down to an episode on when we were young. And I watched that, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Now I appreciate this song more. And so then I just like popped the album on on Spotify, and I became obsessed. Um, and so the way I would describe this album is like if Bruce Springsteen and the cars got together and had a musical baby. Oh, that awesome. is this album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because like, it's got the deep lyrics on a lot of the songs and the introspective lyrics from like Bruce Springsteen. And even some does sound kind of Bruce Springsteen. But like my most recent listens, there's so much the cars influence and, um, it's just so much fun for that. Um, like, the song um, Uncle Johnny um, has a killer, no pun intended, actually I guess it is intended, groove, has a killer groove between guitar, bass, and drums. And I, that's a really good one. That's a kind of a deep cut in there, but it's a, you can't overlook the, the car's influence there because of that groove. Um, kind of, uh, for reasons unknown, the same thing. It's got such a good groove that like i can't help but think of the car uh the cars because like even like the guitar tone they're using kind of has a cars feel in there um so i yeah i just started going through that album and uh just falling for it let me pull up the track listing because i know i'm blanking on a few of the songs for some There's reason one that yeah that you haven't mentioned that popped in my head right away is bones i love mm-hmm. that one or even this river is wild. Yes, really good. Um, I really even enjoy uh, "Read My Mind." It's a good, catchy one, and the title track "Samstown" really grabs me now. Um, so, like, I really, I don't dislike any of them. Like, I think they're all good songs. Um, um, with Bones, sorry to uh, interject a lot, but now I'm like all hyped up. Uh, I remember uh, when the album came out. I think. Uh, Bones had a video directed by Tim Burton. 
Oh, wow. Okay. I'll have to check that out. And it was really cool. Uh, so, yeah, like, I'm I'm pretty sure that was Tim Burton. But, yeah, like, oh, man, you kind of triggered me in a good way with uh, The Killers. Yeah, like, they, after listening to this album, I then went back to their debut album and could appreciate a lot of it. Um, and then um, listened to not all their albums, but I've listened to a lot of the other stuff. And I uh, agree a lot with your co-host on A-Sides, Brent, um, was talking about uh, the newest album, Pressure Machine. And yeah, the, this is definitely their first album that's been a solid uh, Pressure Machine since Samstown. Because like a lot of their other stuff just hasn't been able to capture that magic again. Hmm. Um, and then, of course, there's that really stupid song, Are We Human or Are We Dancers? Um <laughs> It's catchy. Yeah. I'll give you that. It uh, is really catchy. But like that is some of the dumbest lyrics. Like, wh- what the hell? Um, uh, I think I'm both. Oh, I know I'm both. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, like that kind of prevented me from um, checking out the third album, um, Day and Age, for a while because I hated that song. But there's like some really, really good stuff on there too, like Joyride coming uh to mind i can't remember all the titles but uh i think around that time too or actually it was through brent uh i got into it later uh they had a live album uh from that uh, day and age tour which is pretty cool oh i'll have to check that out um i think it was a dvd and a cd and i think i've watched the dvd more than i've actually listened to the album itself though nice there was something off the first album that just annoyed me when it came out. Um, so that was probably why I was anti them for a while, but well, and at that point in time, I was mainly just into hard rock. So I was also just discrediting stuff that wasn't hard rock. So yeah, like I said, just take that all with a grain of salt. It's very good stuff, but the, you know, my stubborn nature at that point in time, for sure really kept me away from a lot of stuff. So actually, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back to finish our list. Don't go away. And we're back for the second half of Sunday Groove. So we've been talking about albums we got into this year, and uh, these are not ranked. These are just kind of as they come to us. Um, What is the third one you want to talk about, Andy? So my third one, uh, well, the first one I talked about from Fuel was one that I kind of discovered this year, like late in the game, kind of like your uh, Killers in Samstown. So Mm -hmm. then the second one, Foo Fighters, was brand new to this year. Well, the third one that I've got is one that I didn't rediscover it, but they reissued it in a box set this year. And so I've been like diving in off and on between new releases and stuff, but it's Black Sabbath uh, Sabotage. And that is like one of my favorite uh, Sabbath albums. So I was so glad that they put out like a 
huge like package to go along with it. There's like I bought the a vinyl version. So there's a full like a concert from the 70s in there. There's a poster, a book and even like a 7-inch uh, single. And it's just like they went all out with all the packaging and stuff, and I'm kind of a nerd for that, so I had to uh get it. The this is still Ozzy Sabbath, right? Yeah, this was their uh sixth album uh with Ozzy and I guess some people are like, Oh man, only the first four matter with Ozzy or some people are like, uh only the first like six like matter but um I think it's better than some of the ones that came before it. Yeah, looking at the track list, the only one I know is Hole in the Sky, uh at least by name, but um I'll have to check it out. Yeah, because there's a um, I grabbed the box set just to kind of have it out here. And the Symptom of the Universe is like one of my favorite uh, Sabbath songs from any era. And that's just a super badass song. And they do that like live in the concert too. And it's uh, even better. Nice. But, uh, but the thing with the album though is maybe why people might hold off on it is because it's got one of the stupidest album covers ever it's just got the guys uh in the band and they're standing in front of a mirror but their reflection is like them in the mirror it's not like they're back you know in the mirror it's like right it's it's, double of everybody yeah and then ozzy's wearing some weird kimono and like like high-heeled boots and yeah. Bill uh, Ward, the drummer, he's got like leotard on and a leather jacket. I don't know. I don't know where they <laughs> got these like clothes from, but like they must have just woke up and like showed up. I think they did. I think they just kind of like showed up and had their picture taken, and then that made the album cover. But it's like the album is like way cooler than what the cover makes it look at out to be it looks like they're like thrift store shopping or something and then just got their right. picture taken. that makes me think about the crappy cover we made for a, a a very brief band i was in in college where we were just like struggling to get everybody together in time for a picture and like i jokingly said hey let's just take a picture in front of the garbage um uh, <laughs> not just like a small cam but like i guess the dumpster like bigger dumpster and so it's just like us and weird um array of clothing in front of the dumpster and that was our album cover (laughs) like we never went back and even worse than that we um sam wanted us to not smile in it well you can't tell me don't smile because then i'm gonna smile um not to be a pain in the butt but like i just start laughing and so like um they liked the picture that i was smiling in but they photoshopped the other one where I wasn't smiling onto that one and it looked so stupid because it's a really bad photoshop version um, but anyway well, yeah, sometimes sorry. I like bad photoshops uh, more than good photoshops yeah it depends but that was just so funny I'm like are you serious why couldn't we have ever taken another picture um, well I guess because we were only a band for like five months or something maybe <laughs> I think there's one thing, too, with uh, um, Sabotage is, I guess, like, maybe it's an example of me being kind of judgy. Because sometimes, you know, you do judge uh, 
book by its cover. And so there's other instances of albums where I'm like, man, that cover looks like stupid. I'm not listening to this or I'll just move on to the next one. And then I don't come back to that one for like a while. Or I mean, sometimes when you're getting into a band before like Spotify or Apple music, you know how it was like 20 years ago, you had to buy the CD or you weren't going to listen to it. And I'm like, Oh, um, I'm not buying that one. I'll just buy this other one. Right. Instead. I'm just super judgy, guys. Uh, that's all. Oh, there are some covers that are god-awful that can really rub you wrong and make you not want to drop the money on it, for sure. Well, so I ha- I'm going to go with the classic album as well. And this is one, like, I'm probably going to lose all music cred for admitting this, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. This album, I have never heard until a month ago. Oh. I'd heard the lead single, because it's one of the biggest rock songs of all time. Uh, it's very iconic. Um, like, I don't think you could have grown up in pretty much any era and not heard the title track. But the rest of the album, like, maybe I'd heard one of the others and something, but I never like purposely just sat down and listened to this album. And that is John Lennon's imagine. Oh, um, I just never checked it out. Like whenever I went to solo, um, Beatles stuff, I've just always gravitated to Paul McCartney. So it's like, it's not like I ever, uh, meant to not pay attention to John Lennon stuff. I just hadn't, um, so uh, after watching Get Back, like I was obsessed. I had to have more Beatles type stuff. So like I found a John and Yoko um, doc on Netflix that was about the making of Imagine. And after watching that, I'm like, okay, now I need to listen to this album. So my God, like it is great from start to finish, pretty much. Like um, I love. Um, Let's see. Obviously, imagine. Um, uh, where is it? Give me some truth is really, really good. Um, uh, go ahead. Uh, I've heard heard um, that song. Um, actually, not the John Lennon version, but I think there was a cover that I might be mistaken, and maybe I should just look it up. But I think it might have been Green Day. Or no, wait, that's the one uh, The one that I'm thinking of for that uh, was Working Class Hero uh, that they recorded a cover of. But I know somebody did record uh, the Give Me Some Truth, and I can't think of who it is. But, like, I, I just want to say, too, that I've never listened to any John Lennon solo album. I guess because especially Imagine, it's just, like, ingrained in you uh, hearing it on the radio like commercials or movies or wherever so i've never really felt like i've never really been compelled to listen to any of his albums but maybe now i will yeah you should it's it's really good uh lyrically musically and everything and he's got a ton of collaborators like he did get george harrison to record some guitar for it he had um who else was it? There were a lot of like well-known musicians. Um, I'm blanking on, let me just pull up the album notes. Um, as one of them's like a, a drummer I've seen in tons of documentaries, uh, cause he's been on a lot of albums. Um, 
Oh, I guess I was kind of on the right track, too, with Green Day uh, doing a cover of it. It was Billy Joe Armstrong did uh, that solo, Give Me Some Truth. It looks like Pearl Jam recorded it. Oh, wow. Um, oh, that's the one. That's what I'm thinking of. Is I'm scrolling down Apple Music and Cheap Trick. They They recorded that as a cover, and I've never listened to it, but I remember seeing... Uh, the album artwork because it's got Uncle Sam and then it's got a uh, cheap trick it's like you know they're like typewriter a font and then I think it says give me some truth or whatever in that typewriter font oh okay and so that's where I knew somebody covered it was a cheap trick huh but I guess oh, I didn't know it was John Lennon though yeah oh, it looks like the drummer for two of the tracks was Jim Keltner I've seen him in a lot of music documentaries looks like he Recording a ton of things. Um, oh, he recorded with Mick Jagger. Hmm. Um, Rob Thomas? What? He's had a long career. Neil Young, Dinah Crawl, Steely Dan. Yeah, so he's been. Oh, and oh my God, he played on Buckingham Knicks. Huh. Um, that's really cool. Oh, wow. <clears throat> well, between all that, there's no wonder I've seen this guy. And a lot of music documentaries. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it was a really cool documentary and really cool. Um, just finally given a chance to one of the classic albums. And I see why it's classic other than just the really good title track. Um, also really liked, uh, where is it? Oh, My Love is a beautiful piano ballad. Crippled Inside has a as depressing of a title as that is, it's got a really kind of fun music feel to it. Um, and then the most kind of one of the most standout tracks on the album is one where it's kind of his angry track towards Paul that, how do you sleep? And it's pretty much him kind of calling out a lot of Paul McCartney songs. Ooh. Yeah. So it's kind of like an early diss track. Um, He's putting but, Paul on blast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's a really strong album. I'm glad I finally checked it out and urge anybody, if you've not, you've got to check it out. It's such a strong album. I've heard from Greg was saying it's definitely the most consistent of his solo work. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's... Definitely one I'm going to be going back to over and over again. And, oh, just a funny little thing about it. The cover is really cool and iconic, but it's so funny. In the documentary, they talk about the original idea for the cover is John and Yoko really wanted um, it to be um, a picture, just a simple picture of John, and then, like, superimposed with clouds. Um, And they were going to have it where, like, the clouds were his eyes. Well, when they did that, it looked like something a serial killer would have made. Like, it is so creepy to have not have eyes there, but have clouds. Oh, like it would have looked like his eyes were cut out or something? Yes. That, well, that's Dude. how they did it. And um, they looked at it like, oh. and he's like, well, that's what y'all asked for. They're like, yeah, that's what we asked for, but let's, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if it would have sold so well there. Um, but yeah, so they then did a, figured out how to do a double exposure. I don't know if you, do you know what that means, Andy? Um, uh, where it's, no. they're able to take a picture twice on the same piece of film 
once as John Lennon and once as Clouds, and that's just so perfectly both in the film, and it's really good. Um, So it's just an iconic cover, but yeah, thank God they didn't go with the original idea, because yeah, it would look like what you see in serial killer documentaries where the eyes are cut out. (laughs) Oh, man. So, let me see, I think that's all from, oh, hold on, there was one other thing. Um, uh, well, I just it, added it to my phone so I can listen to it. Nice. The last song in there I want to throw out some love to is one called It's So Hard. And it feels like it could have been a Beatles song from like the guitar, the way it feels on there. But then it's got a really cool saxophone on it, which I don't remember ever hearing a saxophone uh, on much. Uh, at, least, at least in the Beatles, if it was, it was mixed in with so many million other things that were mixed in. So that's that's a really cool thing to it. So I'm so glad you hadn't heard it either, because I don't feel so bad. Like, I really, sometimes my friend Chris jokes with me. He's like, hold on, you host a music podcast and you don't know this? And I'm like, well, I'm not saying I know everything by no means. I'm just a uber fan of a lot of things. Uh, well, that's one thing, too. It's like, I guess now it's not intentionally, but it used to be. I would drag my feet about the Beatles or like, I'm like, no, like I'm not listening to the Beatles. Like I remember thinking when I was like 13 uh, in uh, junior high, like they put out those anthologies or whatever. Mm-hmm. My dad bought them. And then every, everybody was like Beatles, 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 Beatles. And even kids, I remember some kids in one of my classes, they were like, Oh man, I love the Beatles. And I'm thinking like, no, you don't. That's old people music. Why are you talking about? Why are you talking about the Beatles? Like Metallica. That's what I was getting into in like '96 or '97. Like Metallica, man. I don't want to listen to old people music. So, but then I kind of like you know through the covers we were talking about and various things. I'm like, I got an appreciation for it. So I'm like, well, if these artists that I like are covering Beatles songs, then maybe there's more to it than just my, like, oh, man, it's old people music, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I got kind of turned off to them when they put out the <clears throat> Number Ones album. And, like, I'm listening to, like, their early stuff, like the Love Me Do and Hold My Hand. And I'm like, I don't care about this crap. Yeah, like, but, like, I, I still kind of don't later care. Songs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was talking No, you're more. okay. But yeah, those songs rubbed me the wrong way at the time. But later I heard their other stuff and really got into it. Well, any any last thoughts on uh, the John Lennon? No, that's it. Oh, okay. I didn't want to take over your uh, topic. Oh, you're good. Um, My voice cut out for a second there. That's why I was quiet. I'm having an allergy flare up today, so I'm sounding gruff all of a sudden. I'm David Sunday, sounding gruff. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, go ahead. What's your num- number four? So my number four is, since we're losing cred left and right today on this episode, um, I'm going to be losing all of my cred with this one. And uh, this is an artist that like I was familiar with her uh, before, and like it's one of those things where I think we were talking like like off air about uh Fergie. Well, 
uh, this girl, she released a song, and I'm just like, oh, my God, this is, like, terrible. And it's uh, uh, Kesha. And I'm not going with whatever that song was. I think Bottle of Jack or, or whatever. That's all I remember from one of the lyrics or whatever. Was it TikTok or something? I think so. Um, I brushed my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Like, I was not about pop music then. I'm still kind of not about all the uh, generic pop music. But it sounded so, so generic to me. But uh, this year, um, for uh, various reasons, I was kind of, like, uh, paying attention maybe a little bit to, like, uh, not really horoscopes, but I think of the name like your sign or whatever, and I'm like, oh, like I'm Aquarius, and um, I was given a book, or my grandma let me borrow a book or whatever about all those signs, and the Aquarian thing, I remember I'm kind of misquoting the thing, but it said something about the Aquarian, uh, they live on a rainbow, and their zip code is tomorrow or something. So then where I'm going with this was later in the year, uh, somehow somebody suggested to me Kesha's Rainbow album. And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird because I was thinking like Aquarians live on a rainbow and now here's this Rainbow album. And then like, so where I'm going with this is uh, her album. Um, I haven't gotten into any of her other stuff, but this a specific Rainbow album is just awesome and it speaks to me. And there's a lot of different styles in this album. It's like, I don't know, like a melting pot of all these different genres. And it it just, she pulls it off really well. I don't know if you're familiar with Kesha's Rainbow album or not. Uh, I'm not. Let me, I'm going to look it up real quick. She's She's got a couple songs that are like rock songs on there that she did uh, with the Eagles of Death Metal. Then she's got like a a song with Dolly Parton on there. And she's even got a couple of her usual like uh, dancing songs. But then I guess the big hits from this album uh, at the time it came out in 2017 was Praying and Him. Uh, those are the two big songs that were like the big uh, singles. But they're kind of the ones that I maybe would listen to the least. But I really like uh, the title track, Rainbow. There's one that's Learn to Let Go, uh, Finding You. And then she's even got a song called Godzilla, and it's like a really acoustic-y thing where <laughs> she's basically saying she's dating Godzilla. Interesting. You know exactly where that takes me is, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bruno Mars, uh, Gorillaz. <laughs> that's where my head goes. I, ha- I do know one song off this album, I Know Woman. Oh, woman! Um, yeah, Kings. yeah, yeah. I haven't even mentioned that, but that's an awesome one too. Yeah, that one. The music group I'm a part of on Facebook that we share stuff all the time. That was one they shared, and I'm like, "That's really cool. That's a really catchy song." Yeah, and it's like girl power or a woman power. It's like uh, I'm a MFM woman. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's a really good song too. Yeah, it's really catchy. Um, I think I've heard the Dap Kings and other things, but uh, they are really good sounding on there. Yeah, I until that song, I don't think I'd ever listen to anything other than the songs that I would accidentally hear on the radio like that when we referenced at the beginning of it about the bottle of Jack, because that was everywhere at the time. 
Yeah. Uh. Yeah, like I don't know. Uh, but I don't know. This album just kind of came out of nowhere to me, and so somebody will recommend it, and I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. Cool. And then, yeah. Nice. I was definitely not expecting that. Yeah, so so I lost all my cred, I guess, but who cares? Who cares? Maybe I didn't have any cred anyways, so I'm... Just... <laughs> I guess the jokes on the people that are saying I'm losing my credit. Well, I didn't have any, so there. But I'm not going to get any. We sound kind of angsty today, Andy. Uh, um, I don't. I don't mean to be, um, angsty. It's like I like what I like, and you like what you like, and that's fine. You can like what you like, and you don't have to. You don't have to make excuses for it anymore i think that's part of growing up you know we don't have to be oh for sure angsty well, anymore uh, well i i loved it when um dave girl said it you know he doesn't believe in guilty pleasures he's like being a father definitely taught him that like he hears all different styles of music because of his girls and um there's so much that he likes that wouldn't be considered cool but who cares like if you like it you like it he's like don't be ashamed of what you like but I want to go back to Angsty for a second there, and now I'm going to talk about an album, Limp Biscuits, Chocolate Starfish. Is that one that um, is on your list, or are you just want to talk about it? <laughs> I was just saying it just to see if, what your response would be. Oh. No, it's definitely not on my list or what I want to talk about, but I just think about that and think of my way, my way or the highway. Oh my god, uh, that maybe that's one band that I probably won't get into uh, just because like. Um, I guess like I was a huge, huge pro wrestling fan back then. And that song, My Way, was all over this one, WrestleMania. And so anytime they like advertised it, and then even within, um, I guess, watching the pay-per-view itself, there was that song, and it would just be the chorus over and over and over and over again. It's like, man. Yeah. Yeah, I heard it on something not too long ago, and I was like, good Lord, how did I like that song when it came out? I guess because I liked anything hard rock at the time. Um, all right, so let's see. Number four, what do I want to talk about? Um, I guess I'm going to go ahead and go with the one I didn't take any notes on, but we talked off air about real quick. Let me pull it up, and I'll then I'll introduce it. Um, and that is going to be Hellstorm's Vicious. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I remember several years ago, I got into Hellstorm's debut album that's just self-titled. I remember I had a pretty long drive ahead of me. I have an older car that has a CD player and does not have an aux cable part. So um, I went to Walmart and I was just buying several CDs um, for my drive that weekend. And um, picked up Hellstorm's debut. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, Bob Seger's Against the Wind and... I don't know what the third thing was, but it was kind of just a weird mixture of stuff. And so, like, I know Hailstorm, and I've listened to them over the years, but, like, I think the debut album is the only one I've listened to all the way through. And so I think after listening to your interview with uh, Scott Stevens, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And him talking about all the artists he'd worked with, it made me want to listen to more um, Hailstorm stuff. So, like, uh, I just hop, popped on the newest album vicious from 2018 and it's really catchy and really 
um just a fun hard rock album um so it's just been stuck in my head i don't know the past week or so and i was rocking out to it last night songs like black vultures and skulls and um then even like the more ballady ones like heart of novocaine and the silence are really cool um actually the silence it's not the same but it's got some similarities to uh, Alter Bridge's ballad, the biggest one, uh, Watch Over You. Oh. Um, it's got some similar chords to it or something, but it, it then it goes a different way. But for a second there, I'm like, is she covering Watch Over You on her own album? Because I know they did that song together live at one point because that was existed out there, but... Um, but anyway, it's it's a really strong album. I like it. I can't wait to hear their new one when it drops at some point in 2022, because I know she worked with Scott Stevens and um, on the new album as well. That is and so oh. I was going to say, and, and so far they've only released one song from it so far, and that's going to be Back from the Dead. The, uh, that's one vicious. Yeah, their fourth one. I haven't actually uh, listened to it as much as uh the previous ones and i kind of don't really know why i think it's because well for me uh i had heard um hailstorm like non-stop from working at the um, active or the modern rock station i was at mm-hmm. so then i think i left at the time and i didn't maybe even know they had an album out and then so it took me a while to get into it um later but yeah i just was a little bit slow to get into that one yeah, I didn't um, listen to it for some reason at the time, because um, I think when the year I listened to their debut was like years after the fact. It was probably like 2015 or so when I finally got into it. Um, and I know I've listened to all their cover albums because they do some really cool covers <clears throat> on their reanimate series that they did for a little while there. Um, yeah, the little EPs. Mm-hmm. I think they are, yeah. Um, but yeah, and I remember really enjoying, uh, I watched her play a little New Year's Eve, like little, uh, Instagram live show. Um, or no, it wasn't New Year's Eve. It was, it was Christmas day. I remember she did like a old, like stand, uh, Christmas standard and then, um, finished with, I think here's to us. And it was really cool hearing her you know, no effects or anything, just her own piano singing her heart out. Um, so a lot of this stuff. Oh yeah. She did. Oh, Holy night. I want to say was the, um, Christmas song. And then she did another Hellstorm song and then it ended with here's to us. But I was just like, damn, I've got to pay more attention. And for whatever reason, a lot of months went by and I didn't, but now I am. And so now I'm going to go through all of their albums. Cause even like the songs that I'm not as into, like, she is just powerful with her vocals, like whether it's singing clean or whether it's singing with the, you know, the rasp, like she can, she's got, she's got range. I'd actually love to hear her cover some Soundgarden. I think she could. Have you uh, seen them live? Unfortunately, no. Oh, wow. Cause I think they're even, I think they're more of a live band um, than a studio band. Oh, I imagine, because like I said, just from that Instagram live, like that made me more of a fan because it was just so good. Um, 
Yeah, because that was something, I guess, uh, the radio station that I worked for, I believe I want to say they were one of the first uh, stations to uh, play them. And so uh, my boss at the time, even somehow they booked them to play like a bar. And then even uh, my friend Bob, or I think it was Denny, or one of the guys that has a record store, they they got them to do like an in-store at their store. So it's like they always keep coming back to this area uh, too. So I've seen them quite a few times. And so sometimes I guess just because maybe because they have such a big presence here that sometimes I almost kind of overlook it or like take it for granted. Like, oh, yeah, like they're kind of on the back burner, I guess. Yeah, uh, I, I would love to see them on this tour because I know it's them opening for Evanescence. That would be really cool. Um, um, yeah, I noticed they were doing that and I really wanted to see that too. And I think they came kind of close by, but it didn't really work out. And plus like, I'm not like, going to as many shows cause you know, with the state of everything, mm -hmm. but yeah, like that would be an awesome tour to see. Well, and they even have that nice up and comer, uh, all female rock band plush open and forum too. So yeah. it's just like a really cool night of nothing, but um, female lead singers, which should have been a thing for many. Maybe it has always been a thing, but I, I've not really heard of that a whole lot. Yeah, and didn't you just even like an hour ago, you said something like uh, uh, that you didn't listen to a lot of female singers? Yes, yeah. Yeah, and then here we are. We've got like talking like you're talking about Evanescence. You had Evanescence and Hailstorm on your list and Sarah Borelli. So you've got like almost your whole uh, list is dominated by uh, women. Yeah, like the last couple of years, I think I just realized that was a blind spot for me. And so I've really made it a effort to seek out more female singers to realize that there's a lot that I have just overlooked for whatever reason. Um, it's never been intentional. It just kind of happened. Yeah. I think the same way too, for whatever reason, some of the, it's kind of almost like, well, rock genre is almost kind of, or especially the, the modern stuff on the radio. It all seemed to be dominated by men. Cause yeah, you hear Metallica all the time or you're hearing ACDC or you're hearing Ozzy. So, um, you almost had to, at the time, dig a little bit for that, but, um, for the mm -hmm. women, uh, but I've, like, I've always liked heart. Oh yeah. I forget about heart, but yeah, I, I like the songs I know by them and not to be triggered or, uh, take over your conversation. But even, um, this year, somebody was telling me, well, you don't, you don't listen to women. And I'm like, yes, I do. Like I listen to women bands and I was like, uh, I was like, what about, um, Halsey or, um, heart? Like I love heart. And then like, I was told, well, you only listen to women if it's in your genre. And I'm like, well, that wasn't the point you were trying to make. First, you told me I didn't listen to women. Now, you, now you're trying to be even more specific that I only listen to women in rock. And I'm like, eh, you're kind of grasping that. But earlier albums weren't rock either, though. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> only her new one with uh, Trent Reznor is a rock album. Like the the other ones have some alternative aspects, but they're still more in the pop genre than they are rock. Yeah. Um. So that person's just wrong. Yeah. You can tell them Sunday says so. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and they're like, who the hell is that? Well, he's my friend. So so you just sit there and be quiet. I don't know. I'm not good at dissing. <laughs> I got so like politely telling them off. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is your fifth one, Andy? What do you have for us? Oh, God. You just reminded me of something else. You're politely telling him to go away. What was that school of rock? He's like, step off, step off. <laughs> I, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, we'll just ignore that part. But uh, my fifth is one that you you inspired this as well, much like the fuel, and you even have kind of referenced it in a way. But my fifth one is one that basically ended up shaping probably the entire back half of the year for me. But it's Exe's A Modern Way of Living with the Truth album. And so a little bit of backstory is that Earlier in the year, through your podcast, uh, we uh, traded off albums, and I had you listen to Megadeth, and you had me listen to the Juliana Theory. And when I was listening to that album, I was like, these guys remind me of something, and I can't place it. And I'm like, they remind me of the Xs. And way back, like in the early 2000s, I listened to uh, a little bit of the Xs, like Ugly and uh those first two albums what was it um or the kind of middle albums inertia and the one right after it with ugly well i didn't even the door yeah head for the door and i didn't even know they had a third one at the time and so uh once you kind of maybe indirectly inspired me to dive down the x's rabbit hole i really latched on to the last album a modern way of living with the truth and then mm-hmm. since I was diving into this, it's like I was listening to the X's. Um, I sought out um, Scott Stevens and talked to him. And then I ended up even talking to like Freddie. And it's just like the X's really seemed to dominate what I was listening to. And so uh, uh, thank you, David. Oh, you're welcome, man. Uh, yeah, I... I knew that once album by them, just a head for the door. Like I bought that when it came out. Um, and then I just kind of, I enjoyed that album, but I just kind of forgot about them. Cause that was still back in the day of having to buy albums. And I guess I just wasn't hearing anything from them. So I just kind of forgot about them. Yeah. It's like, um, I was kind of in the same regard too. like, uh, Jimmy Eat world. I remember getting into them, uh, around the time of the bleed American album. But I think, the way that our active rock station is here, if they didn't have that kind of like sound that fit the station, they weren't going to play them. So I didn't, I guess where I'm going with this is a Jimmy Eat world fell off my radar for a while. Um, and I only rediscovered future like uh, 10 years after that when he even came out. <laughs> See, and I was all in my emotions when that album came out, like, I had gone through a breakup, and so I was listening to Future as a ton during that time. Uh, yeah, they really hit the spot for that. They really hit the spot with that with Jimmy Eat World. And then it's kind of funny because um, listening to Exes and like rediscovering them and their sound and stuff, they totally seem like uh, Nirvana and Jimmy Eat World had a baby because they got the rougher edges, but then they've still got kind of the hooks and stuff of like Jimmy Eat World. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they, Jimmy Eat World has some of the best hooks. Um, with you listening to XE's, did you, um, did you, I listened to this Modern Way album or have you heard anything from that? Yeah, I listened to some of it um, after you talked to Freddie because, uh, 
y'all talked about briefly about their um, cover of um, once the in 80s a song. Uh, once yes. in a lifetime from Talking Heads. Mm-hmm. And so I looked that one up, and so I listened to maybe maybe I listened to the whole album. Well, I definitely listened to part of it and enjoyed it, but I think I got distracted. Oh yeah, it's like this last album though. It seems like it's like all these lyrics too are almost like I might have to pull one up and read off some of the lyrics, but like there's a song like "These Are the Days" and it goes like, "The more I talk, the less I say." When the words get in the way, um, loneliness is uh, so hard. Uh, ordinary, I confess, living under house arrest. Maybe I belong here. It's almost like, man, I kind of felt that way like a lot of times uh, too. Or I'm mm-hmm. stuck in my feelings, you know? And and I'm like, well, maybe I deserve those feelings or I belong here. And it's like, man, I kind of totally like that, that song totally... Uh, struck a nerve mm-hmm. and his lyrics kind of do that a lot especially with this album too it's all it's all kind of like that uh it's kind of like downbeat but then uh the uh, music behind it is like really aggressive like a, a three uh what is it three days grace done right right I don't really have much to say except just like thanks for kind of steering me in the direction of those guys and even the fuel and everything. So of course, man, it's always nice to have um, other inspiration. I know I get a lot from your show or just our conversations. There'll be a lot of stuff that I wouldn't have heard of otherwise because that's how I got into Halsey uh, in 2020. Really big was because y'all talked about her because otherwise I think I would have just written her off. Oh yeah, she's a pop star. Blah 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 and but hearing y'all talk about it, I'm like, oh, I need to actually listen to these albums. Yeah. It's so like, I, oh, sorry. No, yeah, you go ahead. I was going to say the same way too, because like one of the stations or even at the other station I was at, there's always like, I think what the term is in radio, like a cluster or something. You've got different, um, you know, formats in one um, a building. So even though I'm working at a rock station, there's always a pop station in the building and I'm always exposed to some of those songs for whatever reason and it's like i um i wrote off halsey too i was like eh, she just kind of sounds like everybody else but i think it's like once you kind of go past that and listen to her lyrics and stuff it's like really raw well the lyrics and then even like her voice is unique like she's got a kind of a um a frailty or a vulnerability there. Yeah, I was that's say really her voice cool. almost kind of cracks or something. You can, mm-hmm. yeah, you can kind of hear that. Yeah, vulnerable is a good word. Yeah, I love imperfections. Like I don't think everything has to be perfect. Like I don't think it should be um, in music. I think you lose so much emotion if you take out the imperfections. Because like hearing a voice, whether it be crack or whether it be, I don't know, just different ways your voice emotes might not be musically perfect or like you know um hell even might have a flatness to it at times but that's not necessarily a bad thing um that can really show subtle nuances between singers and it's i don't know it's really nice to hear so much stuff is so focused on being perfect and i'm like nope it doesn't doesn't need to be perfect um not to go too far on this but like that's one thing i always loved about um silver chair is 
back when Pro Tools became such a big thing, like on the in bottom of all their albums, it would say no Pro Tools were used in the making of this oh, because cool. they, as he said, I want the album to sound like you're going to hear me live. Like I'm not perfect live. I'm not perfect on the album. Like this is what we sound like though. And so like, that's just something I always really respected um, from them. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm trying to decide um, my fifth one because there's like a few things in contender for it. Um, I'm going to go with the new artist and it's not necessarily one album, but it's kind of a mixture of songs from her that I really got into this year. Uh, and that is going to be Brandy Carlisle. Um, oh, cool. I have to be in the mood for her, but I listened to her this year after watching Dave Grohl's uh, show on, I think it was Paramount, um, from Sound to Stage. Uh, uh, um, or no, that's not right. What's the name of it? It's him and his mom. What is that? Cradle to Stage. There it is. <laughs> like, I knew the Sound to Stage didn't make sense. Yeah, Cradle to Stage. And it's about um, musicians and their relationships with their mothers and how it uh, can form their career and help their career when their moms are supportive of, of them. And so um, it was really a weird mixture. And I'm guessing maybe his mom picked like who she hit it off the best with, or maybe it was just based around the schedules because it was such a weird mixture of bands. Cause like um, he had Getty Lee on there. He had um, uh, Tom Morello. So I'm like, okay, those are some I know he, that Dave personally likes, but then there were like Miranda Lambert, um, the lead singer of, uh, Imagine Dragons, mm-hmm. uh, Pharrell Williams, and then Brandy Carlisle. And I'm like, who the hell is Brandy Carlisle? And, but just like hearing her story and hearing her voice, speaking of imperfections, like she's got this really cool thing in her voice that I have a hard time like really pointing out, but maybe I can just tell you a song that it happens in and that will help you um, realize what I'm talking about. But uh, there's a song called I think it's the story, but there's something off her new album that does it. Um, but it's really interesting. She technically, I think, mostly falls into kind of country or Americana. Um, but she's uh, a lesbian woman that in that genre. So that's just something you I mean, I, now I know it's modern day. So there's not as much um, closed mindedness or at least. I like to think that there's not, um, but like that, you know, she has to be, a, I would think a minority in that genre just for that reason. But uh, she's an incredible songwriter and uh, sorry, I'm hitting the wrong thing. I'm trying to pull her back up so I can see what the name of it is off the new album. Um, um Well, while you're looking, it's like, I guess I am going to have to dive into her uh, stuff because I never really have, but I know the station I'm working for now, they played the joke a lot. And Mm -hmm. then a few years ago, she uh, did a show here in Peoria and her opening act though was called the war and treaty. And they actually uh, came to the radio station before the show and uh, they did an interview, and I just happened to be there running the board on another station at the time. I got a photo with them. So I dove into the Warren Treaty and was really um, um, listening to their stuff. Um, and I never really went back and listened to um, 
anything that Brandy has. I guess yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll just get musically sidetracked. Like I'm like, oh, I mean to listen to something. Oh, well, here's here's a new Megadeth album or here's a new Rob Zombie album or something. And then I just go up. My mind goes off onto these various rabbit holes. Oh, understandable. That's my whole brain in general. <laughs> uh, off the new album, I think it's right on time. Has a really cool vocal thing. Um, I really love Broken Horses. Um, those are the main two off that album. I really love off her second album, The Story, uh, the self-titled, just the s- song called The Story is really good. And my song, um, and there was something off, I think her debut album, let's see. No, I'm blanking on what it was from the first album I liked. But yeah, with hers, it's kind of a a mixture of several of them. But um, I think Right On Time is the single from the new album, and it's, and it's a great song. So yeah, um, any of those. Oh, Heart's Content. I can't tell which album that's off of, but that's another really good one. So she's one that I've, like I said, it's new to me this year. Whatever month that came out on, probably like the middle of the year, was when I first started listening to her. And then this album looks like it came out October. So thanks to that show is why I checked her out and I've been enjoying her stuff. Like I don't, I can't say I enjoy the album from start to finish, but I definitely find at least a few songs off each album that I really, really enjoy. And like I said, she's got such a unique voice. I definitely think if you listen to any of it, you'll be like, Oh, that does stand out. Um, So yeah, that's, who I wanted to close with uh, because that is just something I kind of wanted to do today. The biggest thing today, like for the episode, I was trying to pick stuff I had not talked about throughout the year. Cause like there are albums that I've talked about throughout the entire year. Hell I've even done like album reviews of several albums. And so like I've already thrown enough love towards those. So I didn't want to do that again. So I, I went kind of a different route with mine just to things that I've appreciated, but I would either forget on each episode or wouldn't be prepared for it. So I just, that was kind of what I wanted to do. But I will throw out one honorable mention to um, the album by Velvet Revolver, Contraband. Um, That has been a, it's an album I got into like immediately when it came out. But then I just forgot about it for a lot of years. And after listening to tons of Stone Temple Pilots getting ready for me and Andy to do that episode, I then got into Contraband again. And like literally, I probably listened to it about six or more times a week. Like, it is just a fun album for me to put on, dance, and uh, sing along with. Um, so, it's been fun going back to that album. Uh, yeah, I know you are texting me, like, and everybody that's listening, he, like, has been diving into the album a lot, and, like, it's been very uh, present in his music listening, because he's been sending me texts, you know, hey, like, <laughs> check out this song, or here's a screen capture that I'm listening to this song. Yeah, I became very obsessed with yeah. it. And I knew he he loves um, Slash and he loves Stonewall Pilot, so I knew he'd appreciate that. Um, so that's kind of my honorable mention. Do you have any honorable mentions? Um, man, um, I guess the one honorable mention might have been, but I've already talked about it. Um, is Evanescence uh, the self-titled one? Because that was mm-hmm. the one that kind of I dove back into. Um, um, here's actually honorable mention then I'll go with Dua Lipa, her 
uh, Future Nostalgia album because that was in the first half of the year. I was mm-hmm. like hooked hooked on that album because if I went running outside and it's a sunny day, it's like this uh, upbeat pop album, and so it was good for runs. It kept me going and like levitating. It's a good song on there. Um, I can't really remember any, but if you go back on those things, you know how Spotify or even Apple Music has like, here's your here's your top played uh, songs of the year. I'm pretty sure that half that album and half the Foo Fighters ones are in the, the upper half of that list of my most um, listened to songs. Yeah, that, um, thanks to you talking about her early in the year, that and a few other places I kept hearing her name. Um, she was actually my fifth most played Spotify artist of the year. Um, and that was thanks to physical levitating hallucinate. Um, um I'll say love again. Good. Yeah. Love again. Yeah. All of those just got me hooked. And so I would just pop it on anytime I needed something upbeat. And yeah, I think it was, it was either one of the songs was the, my fifth or it might've just been her as a whole was my fifth most played artist on Spotify. But I was just like, Holy crap. That's, I was not expecting her to be quite that high. I knew she would have been in the top 10, but I didn't expect her to be the, like number five. I just pulled it up. My um, Apple Music um, replay. It said, Replay 21, Apple Music for Andrew. Um, my top song is A Modern Way of Living with the Truth by the Xyz. Number two is Ugly by the Xyz. Number three is Cool by Dua Lipa. Um, Jackson 5's ABC is the fourth, and Waiting on a War by the Foo Fighters is the fifth. But I don't know if uh, the XEs and the Jackson 5 ones are really that affair of being in that spot because uh, whenever I hop in my car and I plug in my phone, um, Apple Music always plays the first song that's in alphabetical order so a a modern way of living with the truth it's a in the space so it always pulls up that one first or uh the abc uh from the jackson five so maybe it's skewing a little bit higher than it would normally be but right but then after that yeah don't start now by dua lipa's in there yeah Mm -hmm. man it's like a lot of stuff from that album is in there oh for sure um well, thanks again for joining me, man. I, I will tell you, uh, obviously, this comes out the beginning of 2022. I don't know what's coming next week or next week, next month, but I will have another episode. And um, just want to say thank you for listening to this episode. If you have any comments, reach out on um, Twitter. It'd be uh, at Sunday underscore groove underscore or on Instagram. It's Sunday groove dot Lillo. Um, that's Sunday Groove dot L I L L O, and that's the podcast network I'm on. It's a Lilo Podcasting Network. Um, you can find me on any of the apps. But yeah, just reach out if you have any comments, any recommendations. If you want to tell me your top five discoveries from this year, definitely do it. Um, I enjoy conversations, anything, especially involving music. So let me know. And thanks, Andy, for joining me. Uh, yeah, David, thanks for having me back, and uh, thanks for. Uh, always kind of, I guess when we do these topics, they're kind of a like collaborative effort. So thanks for letting me um, have some input uh, too with the topics. 
Oh, of course, man. It's fun. I I need help with my topics a lot of times because like I'll have ideas, but they're not like fully formed. They're just kind of like beginning to be something. So a lot of times, just talking back and forth, it can kind of make it into what it is. So, well, thanks again, and I will catch you all down the road. <laughs> <laughs>